Welcome to Adjust Your Life, an integrative health podcast about you and your overall wellness with Dr. Tim Dooley and Dr. Patrick O'Brien. The content in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adjust Your Life podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm with here with Dr. O'Brien. How you doing? Just fine. How are you? I'm okay. We're ready to do another topic on our series of sports injuries and the most common injuries that relate to the sport of basketball. And I know, did you play basketball growing up? I, four-sport athlete, played basketball, was always around. So, yes, I was very involved with it. Traveling team. I'm sure, I know you were involved in it. You were a lot me better too. than me. So Me too. I played a lot of basketball as well. Um, I've had a lot of these injuries. Most of the injuries in basketball are um, easier to recover from than some of those in football. When you... Wouldn't you say yeah, so? Yeah, it's. It, I would agree. It's you know, it's obviously not as like different than football. There's not a lot of as much collision. I mean, there still is, but not really. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely, that that would be the case. And I'm I'm just trying to think what would be injuries I had dealt with. What would be the most consistent thing I had to kind of push through? Um, well, what, tell what me this: you... How many injuries do you have on your top top number of injuries? I have five or six, seven, seven written down seven. here. I, I mean, there's three I have off the top of my head that I really kind of wanted to go into. I'll, okay. I'll let you kick that one off here. Let's All right. I think the most common basketball injury, youth sports, and probably a lot with um, professional sports, collegiate sports, is probably just ankle sprains. Yep. That I mean, was mine. The amount of jumping you're doing, the amount of turning and twisting you're doing, um, I think that's the most common. And the most common ankle injury is the inversion ankle where your foot, your ankle goes out and your foot goes in as opposed to the other way around, right? Correct. And this is probably, you know, a big part of it is that you're, it's uneven ground. You're coming down and you're laying on someone's shoes or mm-hmm. there's a bunch of guys going for rebounds. So it's just, you never really know. And there's no way to really avoid it, to be honest. It's just, right. it's just how you strike the ground. So. And they've had a real big problem with it in the professional leagues as defenders run out to three-point shooters because the three-point shot is becoming uh, very, very common or more common than it was years and years ago. So folks will, the defender will run out underneath the shooter and the shooter would land on the foot or ankle and twist their own um, as a defender is running by. Um, inversion strain, sprains, and then they, sometimes they even tear it. And I think the thing to really take note of is is the repetitive nature of a sprain, and this is what it actually translated into other sports for me from mm-hmm. having ankle sprains, was every time you sprain, specifically with an in, inversion ankle sprain, there's a ligament that attaches to the side of your leg and it wraps around the ankle and attaches to the side of the foot. There's two of them that are both being affected on this type of injury, and what happens is that a sprain is you're essentially elongating or stretching, stretching the ligament structures which provide support to the ankle. So when you do this as you do it more and more times, this this ankle becomes more hypermobile, or it means it gets mo- able to move too easy, which increases risk for future sprains, which right. increases your risk for ankle issues with other sports. Yep, we call that uh, what laxity of the ankle laxity. joint, and that's why it's really important after you get an ankle injury is take time off. Number one, what we call it what the rest ice method, the rice method. Um, we also recommend physical therapy to tighten that joint back up before you even return to play, so you can prevent. Uh, further injury to it taping of the ankles is another way of keeping that ankle nice and tight also which i know you taped yours i taped mine when i played sports hey, to the point where i had taped it so much to not only help with an ankle sprain that was active but just to prevent it from happening again mm-hmm. and it got to the point where i would i 
quite literally felt almost weakness in my ankle mm-hmm. when I didn't have the ankles taped just because how many times I had injured it. So, but yeah, ankle taping is fantastic. You know, Im, you know, immobilize it to a degree and then isometric exercises, which is like not a lot of movement of the ankle, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of like flexing and squeezing of muscles to help stabilize it is very beneficial. So. Right. And I would say if you're going to play basketball, you are going to have a sprained ankle at some point in time. This is why a lot of these athletes will wear, not recommend to wear lower uh, graded or lower top shoes. They're going to have like a higher top type shoe, which provides a little more stability to the ankle or maybe some sort of an ankle brace or mm-hmm. whatever that may be. I would personally highly recommend ankle sprain is by far of any sport I've ever played by far my number one most endured injury, personally speaking. Right. All right. What's another injury that you think is a top? I think another one that, that goes with a couple of different sports um, is a thing they'll ref- refer to as, this has multiple terms to it. It's referred to as chondromalacia. It's referred to as jumper's knee. It's referred to as runner's knee. They'll call it patellofemoral syndrome. All that means it's a lot of repetitive flexing and extending of the knee in an improper mechanic. Um, which causes the kneecap to essentially start to rub on the front part of your your thigh bone or your femur, and can cause some a lot of uh, inflammatory pains to occur with that with that bending and constant repetitive nature. And, there, and there's a lot of things to remedy this that we I see in here all the time. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's called patella tendonitis, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we treat that tendonitis with uh, ice, and obviously rest is another big thing with this. The more you jump, the more you run, the more likely you are to get this, regardless of uh, um, your build or your your shape or whatever. It's a lot harder to do though when you tell an athlete, young athlete, to hey, you need to go Back rest. It's, yeah. it, it, they may do it, but it may not be even remotely near how long they really need to do it. So that's 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 always a very tough balance talking to these athletes on how to do that. So yeah, ice really accelerates that too. Do you recommend stopping playing at all, or just kind of push through it? I I, I tell folks that with this one, like if they can deal with the pain to the point where they're not limping or creating another problem somewhere else, then Correct. I'd let them go ahead and do it. But once they start hobbling, I take them out. I would take them out. Yeah, it's it's uh, a lot of it is the, the the specifics of it are you know having worked with like an Olympic team in the past is when you if you're just standing straight up and down and you squat down you bend your knees if your knee is essentially crossing what would be like your, where your toe is lined up and mm-hmm. your knee bends out in front of your toe uh, there was an article that was floating around school back in grad school that showed approximately seventy five plus percent of your body weight is now kind of residing in that that anterior that front knee cavity so you're putting just an excessive amount of force into that and this is repetitive in nature even if you go up downstairs if you're depending on where you strike the step or depending on how when you go to jump up to get a rebound or whatever if your knee is coming out in front of your toe there's just it's an un right. unequal distribution of stress in the knee which is just not helping things so and the treatment protocols with that is the same thing right rice and um in regarding yeah it's an inflammatory, yeah, inflammatory process inflammatory. definitely you yeah. don't really do much else for it and just let it heal up um third one uh let's see I have a pretty simple one, thigh bruising. That used to happen to me constantly, like being a point guard, running around, trying to dribble in between people, always getting kneed in the thigh or the side of the thigh, trying to dribble around folks or into folks, passing folks. That's so true. Um, Setting screens, getting bumped. It's just one of those things. There's really nothing you can do about it. Sometimes we were – well, nowadays you see a lot of the kids wearing – like guards, like little pads on their knees Mm -hmm. or on their thighs, kind of like football thighs. Um, I never did that, but – uh, it was one of those things where you just kind of got to suck it up and go. I don't know what your thoughts are on it. Yeah, it's it's it is going to be something you're kind of exposed to. And I actually, you know, we'll just talk about bruising in general. Obviously, you know, the way to treat that is 
Um, you really don't want to poke and prod at it. Mm. You know, you want to, you, it's, I don't think it's really detrimental functionality wise to say you can't play. I guess it just depends on how, how much it hurts. Um, ice it, rest it, things like this. But, um, you know, repetitive, repetitive nature of, of bruising, uh, you know, it changes maybe how you even carry yourself on the court itself, as far as like the type of maneuvers you're going to do to avoid that, which in turn can increase your risk for other types of injuries too. So yeah. and with that one, you're really just hurting. You're not really injured. You're just hurting. So it's kind of like, you know, get out there and go if you can, if you can't sit out. Next. Yeah. Bruising. I mean, bruising, otherwise known as contusion is just essentially a type of you can call it a, a like a bleed, if you will, to a small amount under the skin. That's what you see. What, what getting to a higher level, if you have a pretty significant bruise somewhere, um, I I tell people this all the time. You know, there there's some there's some clotting, there's some healing that's occurring. The last thing you want to do is sit there and poke and prod and really massage and really dig in there. You don't want to cause, especially in a lower extremity, if you have a large bruise, you really don't want one of those clots to you know break free and then move up. That can that can cause a lot of different issues, like yeah. a pulmonary embolus. So you definitely, you know, definitely wrap it up, ice it, rest it. Don't really mess around a lot with it, in my opinion. So, all right, what's another one? I seem to be focusing a lot on with the knees. You know, it's you know it, the other thing is is not just that that patella tendonitis issue, but it's you know just stability of the knees in general. This goes for a lot of sports. We get into like cruciate ligament type of issues. You know, you come down the wrong way if your knee plants on the ground and it bends backward. Um, you know, you're looking at like an ACL type of issue. You know, if you land wrong and your knee goes outward, you're looking at potentially like a lateral collateral ligament issue. So it's important to, I strive to tell the athletes, like when you're, people want to go to the gym, they want to work out, they want to be, you know, well-trained and they want to look apart, but that's not really where the concern is. The main focus is you need to make sure that the foundation by what you're putting muscles on is structurally sound. And this is where it's important to really focus on a lot of hamstring related activities, a lot of quadricep related exercises so that you're building up strong support system for your body. Yes. In ACL certainly it does happen in basketball. It happens much more in football for where sure. it starts starting stopping and getting hit and that, that sort of thing, but in youth sports the prevalence of females tearing their ACLs is higher than the males due to the Q angle, correct? The Q angle, Q angle yes. and, and increased Q angle from the, the women aspect causes an increased load on the ACL, and the ACL does tear more often, right? Yeah, ab- ab- definitely true. And and a lot of that you also see as, you know, as females grow up, the females, as they, they, they're typically growing faster rate at a younger age than males anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of catching up with the ligament structures. And obviously the Q angle, the Q angle is basically the angle by which the, the femur, the, the thigh bone comes up where it mm-hmm. inserts into your pelvis, that, that turn, but where it actually meets into your pelvis, how wide or how acute that angle is. It's usually bigger in females, obviously, just because right. they're just more likely to have, you know, obviously kids in the future. So they need the angle changes very right. on that. And that's why they're more common. It makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Um, what's another one? Another good one is jammed fingers. We used to jam our fingers all the time. That's still common. And again, that's one of those injuries, you know, just get it x-rayed. If it's broken, it's broken. But, you know, we used to just tape them up to the other finger to give it a little bit more support. I don't really know what else to say about that one. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's common. I'll tell you that. It's very common and jam fingers were is a huge problem of mine as well. Um, there's just, I think there's different protocols out there depending on the, the nature of what's going on. A lot of times a jam finger, it just may be simply a jam finger and you, you always assume it's fractured or broke when in reality, a lot of those times it's not. So if you can buddy it up with another finger, that could be, you know, an effective treatment, but mm-hmm. it's definitely a routine thing. There's not really a, I guess a, a recommended strong way to avoid that. I don't know. I don't really have a, an opinion on that. I just hope it's not on your shooting hand. That's all I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What's another one? 
What about facial injuries? I have that down. Do yeah, you, you know, down? I was thinking about that, and it was because I've been, I've, I've had an elbow in the face a number of times, yeah. and that really changes even how you, how I felt even when you got under the hoop mm-hmm. a few times when you take a hit, because then you're are more aware, and to some degree, it can make you more timid and. Right. And I've taken a few, a few in the face where you know you see some, a lot of bruising around the eyes, and you, uh, you know, assume fractured nose, whatever it may be, which wasn't the case for me. But a lot of those, a lot of those are more just, um, you know, evaluating the individual from a neurological standpoint, make sure there isn't anything associated from a from a concussion uh, concussion standpoint. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of those you just can't avoid. And then some individuals you see in college and the pros, they have like a, a face shield. Face guard it just depends. Yeah. yeah, broken nose, hitting the nose there, and they're. Bl- bleeding and uh wear one of those face masks it looks like it looks terrible wearing one of those clear masks i i, I can remember the only way you can continue hit. playing yeah oh yeah so that's a that's just a self-explanatory injury there anything else no i think i think i want to touch on this i think it's it's important to note um we it's guys that had a history of just playing sports in general and then they're getting out there with I think you can relate to this fellow friends and stuff. I've had a number of patients and friends, including yourself who've dealt with this, who played a lot of sports in the past, but they're out playing basketball who are not used to playing basketball at that time. Mm-hmm. Their body's getting back into it. That's a lot of strain and stress that gets placed into the lower back part of the ankle, which is known as the Achilles tendon. Mm-hmm. And if that tendon is not used to the amount of um, force that's being generated to push you off and jump, I would I would be just very aware of if if you're listening to this podcast and you're an active basketball player it's one thing if it's another if you're just weekend warrior you're picking up some with basketball some friends I would be very very uh, advising of stretching especially the lower extremities because the last thing you want to do is cause the Achilles just to let go because it's not used to that type of right. tension so Yeah that's the, actually the most common basketball injury over the age of 30 from weekend warriors running yep. out there and playing for the first time in a long time and I know this from experience because I tore mine, and it was pretty uncomfortable. It doesn't really hurt when you do it, but then you go and try to walk after. It is very, very painful. And then it's just how much the recovery is. Right, just the recovery a long time. is years worth of recovery. Yep. Um, some of these guys in the NFL or these major league ball players, they can somehow recover in a year and play, but it is a rough, rough go. Um, what was I also going to say about that is we've had a number of people that we actually know that have done it yep. because we're, you know, in our thirties, mid to late thirties. So we know these other guys that are actually tearing theirs too. Uh, it's rough. So if you're not, uh, um, you know, with the treatment, you have to have surgery 99% of the time and the surgery and the recovery is what, two weeks in a, once you anchor, re-anchor it down, it's two weeks in a uh, cast or a plaster cast, two weeks in a real cast and two weeks in a boot. And then wear a boot for a number of uh, weeks on and off after that. And that's why you just can't stress enough why just taking a few minutes of before activity to actually stretch and warm up as opposed to I'm just going to avoid that and then you go through this injury. I mean, think about those individuals that had it happen. They would have just – I wish I would have just taken a few extra minutes to right. loosen up. Not that that's going to prevent it completely, but it's just – it's absolutely – I'm guilty of it. Everybody yeah. always say stretch. There's plenty of times I didn't stretch. I just did things. And maybe I got right. lucky and didn't get hurt. But as you get older – Definitely, definitely, definitely must stretch, must make sure the muscle is used to that type of, you know, force you're putting through it. So. Mm-hmm. I'm looking, do you have anything else, anything else on your list? Stress fractures, but those are, those are self-explanatory. Those are immediate, you have to sit out. I've seen stress fractures in the lumbar spine from basketball players. I've seen stress fractures in the calcaneus from some basketball and, and, uh, uh, other sport activities too, about doing a lot of running up and down the court, ankle stress fractures, foot, knee. 
And a stress fracture is, is you know, it's it's not something you're necessarily going to have it just one day and then all of a sudden it's there and you have this pain. It right. may be some sort of lingering, ongoing pain. Right. You've tried different therapies. You can't get rid of it. If that continues to happen, then I would recommend having, you know, an individual take a look at that just so that it doesn't obviously, you know, make it significantly worse before right. it's too late. So. And the thing with the, for our standpoint, with the stress fractures, there's generally not a mechanism that causes it. It's repetitive. So yep. you'll have a a patient come in who's playing basketball and they've gone through four or five practices and their leg or foot hurts. And then you talk to him a little bit more and you're like, oh, I ran cross country all summer, all fall, and now I'm playing basketball. Well, let's take a look at this. Uh, let's get a digital x-ray on it. Let's do another digital x-ray a few weeks later and let's see if there's actually a, a crack. Yep. And, and we'll, it we'll depends on the sport, depends on the repetitive nature. It's very important to have a proper diet to get the you know proper nutrition in so that you have as strong as bones as you can. But, you know, as a, as a kid... You know, in adolescent, you know, you're still growing. The bones are still changing. So, you know, there's always that risk. So Yeah. So as you see with most basketball injuries, uh, other than the ones you need surgeries on, it's more of physical therapy, rest, ice, elevation, the whole bit, um, taking time off or not taking time off, getting you back on the court. Um, but these do injuries do happen really frequently. Um, do we see concussions as much in basketball? I mean, I know the head can hit the court. You can get elbowed in the, in the head if you those things could obviously cause it, but it wasn't real prevalent back when we were playing. No, I, I, I thought about saying concussion, but I just don't recall anyone, even anyone I know dealing with that. I definitely mm-hmm. never had that other than the getting an elbow to the face or something with a, like a nose issue, but usually a concussion is caused from the acceleration, deacceleration of the head or neck region. So it's not really the blunt trauma. So I, I don't know. I don't really see that. Okay. All right. Well, that's a good, uh, a good deal of injuries that we discussed on uh, basketball. Those are the most common ones that we see or most common ones that, uh, um, that occur in the game of the sport anyway. And, um, all I can recommend is, is, uh, listen to your body, listen to your body. Um, don't ignore the signs and symptoms. Your body's a smart machine. If it's showing you symptoms or showing you findings, you got to listen to it. Talk to someone who knows about it. If you don't know what to do, um, and if that is a, a, an issue you may have or a question with, we're obviously welcome to have you come in and, and kind of look you over. And if there's anything we can do to help, um, thanks again for everyone listening and tuning into the show. Please keep uh, up to date with all the future shows we have coming out that'll be consistent with uh, future sports and then a lot of the injuries that are associated with them. Uh, thanks, guys. Appreciate listening.